RV Family Travel Atlas is sponsored by Jayco. Since 1968, Jayco has been providing a way for generations of families to create lasting memories. For more information, visit your local Jayco dealer or head on over to Jayco.com. And by the Thetford Corporation, the industry expert and innovation leader, Thetford has made RV travel a more pleasant experience for over 50 years. To see a complete lineup of products, visit Thetford.com. And by the Florida RV Super Show. Celebrating 33 years as the greatest RV show in the country, save the date now to be in Tampa from January 17th to the 21st, 2018. Visit frvta.org for more info and start planning your trip to the Super Show today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of RV Family Travel Atlas. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we write about RV and family travel with our three boys, Theo, Max, and Wes. You can read about our adventures at RVFamilyTravelAtlas.com, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. On this week's episode of RV Family Travel Atlas, we are getting you ready for RV show season. Many of our listeners are planning on attending an RV show in the coming months, and we want to make sure you are as smart and savvy as possible. We have attended a lot of RV shows over the last eight years, and we have all the tips you need, whether you are dreaming about your first rig, upgrading to a bunkhouse, or downsizing for your empty nest. Plus, we have a great giveaway from our friends at KOA to honor the arrival of the fall. Stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can enter to win. You might think you're destined to feel overwhelmed and exhausted after a day of RV shopping, but we know you can tackle those shows like a boss. You are listening to episode number 158, RV Show Shopping 101. Before we head into this week's feature topic, RV Show Shopping 101, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Jayco. Jayco's Melbourne Class C motorhome is top-line comfort backed with rock-solid durability and an industry-leading two-year limited warranty. Built on a Mercedes 3500 chassis and powered by a 188-horsepower V6 turbo diesel engine, the Melbourne will keep you going. Visit your local Jayco dealer or jayco.com for more information. Jayco, generations of family fun. And we love that new Jayco Melbourne Prestige. Yes, we did. It's on our um, some of our social channels, I think, from when we were down in Nashville. We got some pictures of that up there. And we were very social. Mm-hmm. Now, we wanted to put all of our RV show tips into one episode, okay? We've done a bunch of RV show blog posts, some podcasts a couple years ago, but we wanted to pack it into one show, partly in celebration of the Hershey Show coming up and the Florida RV Super Show, which is just around the corner as well. Um, Just a reminder, before we dive into the tips, we have a great giveaway from our friends at KOA. They want to celebrate fall camping with us and give away a $100 KOA gift certificate. Stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll tell you how you can win that. Now, for segment one, we want to dive in and we want to give general tips for RV show visits, tips that it could apply to anyone. And then in segment two, we want to break it down and talk about different kinds of shoppers. Uh, We'll talk about dreamers and newbies. We'll talk about people that are upgrading. And we'll talk about just anybody who's ready to buy and really going to buy. 
buy. So Stephanie, let's start with some general tips for RV show visits. Take notes unless you're driving. Yeah. Then don't take notes. <laughs> don't take notes. We'll put it all in if the show If you're on notes. the treadmill, don't take notes either. <laughs> that could be dangerous. All right. So this is some of these, like Jeremy said, are in a bunch of different spots. We decided to compile it all into one spot. This is sort of our best of our accumulated knowledge from being at countless RV shows. I really do think I've lost count over the last few years for sure. All right. So number one, and I think that this is a little bit of a new development that I realized over the course of the last year or so, and I don't even think we've recognized, um, we've recognized recommended this previously on any of our fresh content. This is new. I really highly recommend going online beforehand for a few different reasons. First of all, Download a map of the show, which you can usually find on the website of the particular show, the bigger ones that have a nice website, nice landing page for it. Download a map of that to your phone so that, yes, when you get there, you have the paper, but but you know what? You leave that in a RV. Well, hang on a second. You don't want to show up at the show and get the map right. and have that be the first time you've thought about where you're going and where everything is. You, Stephanie's right. You want to think about this beforehand, put it on your phone or print it up, study it and figure out where you want to go and more importantly, where you don't want to go. Right. Because 70% of the show might be irrelevant to you and only maybe 30% is what you really want to look at. So don't wait to get the map till you arrive. Now, also, a lot of these shows will put a coupon online as well. And you know what? Who doesn't want to save a couple of bucks? So it's always nice that while you're online, print out. A lot of the time it's $2 off of admission or it's like a two-day ticket, right, if you buy ahead of time online. There's different um, offers and it always helps to just go online and to see them. I also have highly recommend checking for parking policies and for cash policies. So sometimes you can only pay with cash to park. Sometimes you can only pay with cash to get in. And those kinds of things are just helpful to know in advance. Just bring some cash. Bring cash. <laughs> I would say bring at least $100. Well, okay? No, really. No, bring $100. Not if they don't want to no, spend just $100. Also online, look for food vendors, right? And regular like um, accessory vendors that are going to be there to see if there's anything that you might want to look at campgrounds that you might want to visit. Usually those things are listed for the bigger shows. And what we're driving at here is if you just walk in and start strolling around at like a show like Hershey or the Florida RV Super Show, you are going to get overwhelmed mighty fast. So go with a plan in hand. Pick the places you want to go and go to them. Right. Because you can feel overwhelmed, like you said, but you can also feel like you didn't accomplish what you thought you were going to accomplish. So this show is really aimed at helping you wherever you are in your RV show shopping journey to feel good about the day or two you spent at the show. And sometimes I think an RV show can set people back. Right. Like I think that they go to an RV show like thinking, oh, I'm going to buy one soon. And it just confuses the living daylights out of them and it actually stalls the process. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to the show, listen to these tips, we think we can help you get pretty focused. All right. Number two, we want you to try to go on the quietest day possible. Now, er, I know 50% of you were just like, oh, I work. Blah, blah, blah. I know that. I know. For some of us, the only time we can go is on a Saturday. But you just need to realize if you really want to get some serious work done at an RV show, try to arrange your schedule. Try to think about the possibility of attending either on a Friday or on a Sunday. Even better on a Wednesday or Thursday if it's one of the bigger shows that lasts longer. And if you're not going to buy Going like the second half of the day on a Sunday could be a good time because a lot of people are leaving. And like Stephanie said, Friday morning is way less crowded than Saturday morning at just about every show. And just to warn you, 
Saturday at Hershey is bonkers. It's bonkers. It's it bananas. Is. I There's mean, we a reason want you... for that. Most people can go on Saturday. Yeah. We <laughs> want you to come see us at the Jayco display on Saturday at the Hershey <laughs> show, but we understand if you don't want to come on Saturday. Yeah, it is bonkers. So really think about if you're serious and you want to accomplish something, try to take that half day on Friday. If it's a larger show. I would also recommend you consider doing two days, okay? That might mean getting a hotel room for the night. That also might mean taking your rig out if you have one already and staying at a nearby campground for the night. If it's Hershey, if it's the Florida RV Super Show, if it's Pomona, you're not going to see the whole show in one day. If you do, your Fitbit will explode. Okay, it's a lot of ground to cover. So maybe consider making a weekend out of it, making it a little getaway trip for you and the wife, have somebody watch the kids. And I know that's easy. No, I, I mean, I know that's not easy <laughs> yeah. because we've never been able to do it. We don't have that situation, but we do have friends that have done this and have really had a nice time. And a lot of the time we know couples have done it when they're about to upgrade. They've decided they're going to, they know they're going for another trailer and they just say, let's really do this right. And they take two days and they stay overnight at a nearby campground or hotel. And they really take the time to research their next purchase. And if you're going to buy... To spend one day window shopping and researching, and then the second day is really about the purchase and about bargaining. Um, that's probably pretty wise not well, to try and pack it all into one day. There's something more important in between those. It's the downtime to like actually process what happened on that first day, you know, into the second day and to really talk about it over a nice dinner out or something like that so that you can kind of like take a deep breath. So number three. This is very important. Seriously, I see people sitting on like curbs at these bigger RV shows looking like dehydrated and exhausted. You need oh, to sweaty. <laughs> you need at to... Hershey, people can get sweaty there yeah. because it's almost it's still summer in a sense. You need to bring water. You need to bring snacks, and you probably should even bring a lunch. Maybe you change a T-shirt. Depends on who you are. <laughs> I know. That really grosses you out, so Stephanie. Gross. But to you listeners out there, some of you know what I mean. You might want to bring a change of T-shirt. I mean, seriously. Right, it's now like, I see I, what kind of mood you're in and what kind of episode <laughs> we're going to have here. It's, it's an athletic event. You also want to bring comfortable, comfortable shoes. Yeah. So, you know, water's going to be expensive there unless you find it for free at some sort of like one of the manufacturers or something. But it is. And you know what? Um, some people even bring their camelback, like the um, water bladders in their backpacks. Like some people even bring a cooler and leave it in the car and go out to the car and eat lunch just to take a break. Some of the shows have great food. To be honest with you, there's a lot of options at some of the shows. Some of the shows do not have good food at all. It usually has expensive. to do with the size of the show. So like Florida, the super show had definitely has some good options for food. Hershey has some fun options for food. But if you're going to more of a local show, maybe particularly one of those indoor shows, you're looking at burgers, hot dogs, and you might be lucky if there's chicken More fingers. like hot pretzels or something like that. Yeah, like, like the $5 or, hot pretzel. I should say warm pretzels, right? <laughs> like not even hot. So, yeah, I would highly recommend, especially if you've got little kids in tow, you bring those snacks, keep those kids fed and hydrated, and everybody will be happier. And if you go to something like Hershey on a Saturday and you're going to eat lunch there, you could wait in line half an hour for food. Oh, yeah. that's So when you're RV shopping, yeah. I don't think you want to spend half an hour waiting in line for food. You want to be looking at RVs. All right. Number four, agree to a shopping plan in advance. So we're going to talk about what, how that shopping plan may vary depending on where you at, are at in your RV shopping journey, right? Your shopping plan is going to be different whether you're just trying to get a big, broad view of towables within your range, price range 
or whether you're really looking for three different fifth wheels that have the floor plan you want, right? But either way, you need to discuss the shopping plan ahead of time. I remember early on in the times that we went to a few of our first RV shows, and I was really frustrated um, shopping with, with you. With me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was really she frustrated. She almost tried to find a nicer way to say that. Yeah, because you had in your mind like what you wanted to see. And I have to say, I think I had a different, like I, when we were, we had our pop-up, but we were just looking at what the next step might be. I wanted to look at more options. And I was like, well, let's look in here. And you're like, no, that wasn't on my list of things. I was fixated on hybrids, I think. And so you would be like, no, we're not going in that. And I was getting kind of huffy about that. And I was like, but I want to see, no, we're not interested in that. So I just think that conversation had an advantage. I got a little frantic because there were so many rigs I wanted to see that I never got to see except till we got to the RV show. And I got a little bossy and domineering. Didn't go well for me. Yeah. Right. So when she, when Stephanie (laughs) says agree to a shopping plan, that that's going to be different for every family. But look, if there's only two manufacturers you're going to buy from, don't go to the other manufacturers. Or go to the, want, go to the right. two you're going to buy from first. Or say, hey, let's do this. And then I know you want it to sort of go and look at tiny trailers just for fun. So you can go do that. And I'm going to sit here under this tree right here and like look at my phone for a little while. That's okay, right? It's just that communication. I feel like we're giving like marital advice now. But that's important. <laughs> like Then we learn from our mistakes, kind of. That communication will help you both feel like you had a successful day if you're going with your spouse. I don't know if we have any right to give marriage. <laughs> Advice. <laughs> I don't think we do. <laughs> All right, number five is a good one. This is a really important one. Have a strategy for recording information, research, and impressions. All right. Bring your camera phone. And what I would recommend is take a picture. <laughs> your camera phone. <laughs> <laughs> your, what? Does that sound old no, fashioned? You're, like just your phone. You know, Bring your the- flip phone. <laughs> bring your Polaroid. Yeah. Take all okay. the pictures. <laughs> Listen, bring your phone. <laughs> Take a picture, if you're interested in the model, take a picture of the model number outside, take a picture of the price inside, and take a picture of the yellow sticker on the back of Mm -hmm. the RV, which might be harder to find, but which gives you the exact dry weight and some other weight information that could be incredibly important to you later. Three pictures, model number, the price inside the rig, and the yellow sticker, which is required of all RVIA RVs, which will give you the exact unloaded weight of that RV. Can I just say also decide what order you're going to take those pictures in and do it in that order every time. So sometimes I, I found for myself, sometimes I take a picture of that model number on the outside, and then I take the pictures of the inside of the rig. Then other times I mess up and I take the pictures on the inside and then the model number. And as I'm flipping through my phone, I'm like, wait a minute, which one do these go with. So it's just important to have your sort of strategy ahead of time and say, this is how I'm going to document what I see. Now, another thing that I wanted to recommend was um, our good friend of the show, Heather Anderson. She was on our seasonal episode and her and her husband were also on one of our earliest Hershey show episodes, probably from almost... Two years ago can or so. Can we link so? to that show in the show notes? Because we, we did can. some good. We've done a lot of good mm-hmm. Hershey content and Florida RV Super Show content over the years. Maybe we could put those in the show we notes. We can. So Heather has um, a little document that she shared in our Facebook group. And she said, oh, you're welcome to post it in the show notes of this episode so that people can just download it. It's just a one-page uh, document that she uses to record the important information that she wanted to take when she's been shopping for RVs. She's also given it to her friends. I feel 
found them last year at Tampa shopping with friends and their friends had her little, you know, piece of paper and were taking it's notes. It's gone viral in a yeah. sense among really smart <laughs> RV shoppers. It's simple but helpful. And that's usually the thing that is helpful is very simple things. Now, Stephanie, you came up with a great one here that, I mean, like I knew about this, but I never thought to put it into the show. A lot of times they keep the brochure for the individual unit in the oven or in the microwave or in or the, the cabinet. Yeah. And they sort of hide them away yeah. because they want the salesperson to be able to give you one yep. in more of an official capacity. They don't necessarily want everyone going in and grabbing well, them. Well, look, but if, they're you in just, there. if you put it on the counter, people like have this weird tendency to just grab things. It's a free brochure. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> even if they had no interest in the model, it's like they would grab one from every... It's like putting out cookies. Uh, yeah. So, but what they do is they kind of hide it away so that then if you are express additional interest, they give it to you. But we're just going to tell you that. Look in the appliances and you will probably find the brochure for that unit. There you go. You're welcome. All right. (laughs) What else? Another great tip. Find the manufacturer's reps. This is an old RVFTA tip. We've been given this one for years. But we also never keep gets hearing, old. yeah, we keep hearing that it's everybody's favorite RV show it's tip. One of the best <laughs> tips we've given. So now, look, when you go to a, particularly the larger shows, but even your middle-sized shows, you're going to have the sales men and women there from the local RV dealer that is selling the RVs at that show, and they will have their dealership shirt on. But you will also have sales reps there from the actual manufacturers. So you might see somebody in a Winnebago t-shirt, just straight up Winnebago, straight up Jayco t-shirt, straight up Airstream t-shirt. They're not, they're there to support the sales staff. Um, They're great to talk to because they're not really going to pressure you and they know the product inside and out because they're involved in making them. Yeah. Their, their job there is as an educator and they're really happy to talk with consumers and they're the perfect um, sort of, they're the perfect touch point for people that go to an RV show with actual questions. Like we know those listeners who are like, but you know, can I tow with this and can I, how? much can I put in here? And where's the storage solution for this? And what about the propane? You know, there's some people that are really crossing their T's and dotting their I's when they go and they look at a unit and the product reps, you know, these manufacturer reps are fantastic to talk to. They will sit and talk with people. They tend to be smart people. And I, I don't, it doesn't matter what company you're talking about. I mean, these are people that have worked their way up through the companies and know the product well, and they can answer all kinds of questions that the salesman or the saleswoman might not even be able to answer, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And we even recommend sort of like, you know, like skirting to the side of the salesperson and being like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> like finding a manufacturer's rep. Because- and a lot of times people don't really know what they're there for. And they're not always aggressively trying to start conversations with people. So they, I think anyway, they're more available than you might think for yeah, a conversation. They're standing around. All right. Number seven, attend the seminars. You don't have to attend every one, but definitely check out the schedule either in advance or when you get there and say, hey, are there any on here that could really add to just my knowledge base for doing this where I'm at right now could make this you know experience a little more enjoyable? I learn something. Now, I don't go to all the seminars, but when I look at those seminar lists and I pick out a few when, still when we go to these RV shows, I learn new things. Every time I, there's a takeaway for you know some Particularly of these. when we're giving the seminars and you're listening to me co-present with you. So when you show up at an RV <laughs> show, sums it up, you want to check and see if we're giving the seminars. If we're not, 
You want to demand that we do next time. You want to walk up to a powerful person and say, why aren't Jeremy? Sorry, guys. He's loopy. All right. No. So look again for the experts that are giving the seminars, not the vendors that are giving the seminars necessarily, but anything that involves traveling, safety, maintenance. Safety is a big one. Sometimes people aren't aware of what the maintenance is going to be. Also, anything that, you know, delineates between towables and motorized can be really helpful for people that are on the fence and not sure in which direction they're going to go. So... All right, next one, number eight. Whatever you do, wherever you are on your journey, do not get rushed in to a purchase. Just don't. Like, make an agreement with somebody, make a pack ahead of time. I'm not going to get rushed into a purchase. These are big purchases for all of our families. Maybe you're the family buying a $10,000 motorhome, but it's a big purchase for you. Or you're the family buying a $200,000 Class A. It's a big purchase for you, too. So you don't want to get rushed. If something doesn't feel right, if you're not confident that it's a good deal and the exact rig you want, walk away, go home. There will be other RV shows. You can go visit the dealer lot and see those same units there. Um, You know, unless it's a situation where it's the last 2017 that they have and all the 2018s are coming in, you know. And that model's being discontinued. Yeah, there's very few situations where you're not going to be able to see that rig again and get the same price for it. Back at the dealer's lot. Right. And speaking of that, you know, a lot of these show prices, you're not going to be, you're not going to be promised that show price later. Don't think you're going to go in and say to the person, well, if I show up next week, will you give me this price? They they might do that though. They might, but they're probably going to say no. Why? Because they want to make a sale because they're salespeople. That's their job. You know, they're not going to be like, oh, come back whenever. And whenever you come back, I'll give you the lowest possible price. Like that's not usually how it works, but you, you know, this is a long-term purchase. This is a big purchase. The difference of $100 or $200, you know, or it could be a couple of thousand, that's not worth it to make a purchase that you are not absolutely sure of. I would way rather spend $1,000 a few weeks later and just be certain that it's the price I want. Let me add this though. Going to the show is great, particularly for those of you that don't really like negotiating because you do get to see what their lower prices are, right? You really do get to educate yourself on pricing. So if you walk around from rig to rig and look at the MSRP and then what they're actually selling it for, you will get a sense for what you should pay at a later date. Right. And it's a great place to go if you want to see a range of things that you can purchase within a particular price range, right? About that education. Like say you have an operating budget, but you're like not really sure of what that budget will get you. An RV show is going to give you tons of options to say, okay, this is what's out there. Now I can kind of take a deep breath and decide what would best suit our family from all of these options. Couple bonus tips. Sit in the bathroom. If you get serious, <laughs> sit on the toilet in the bathroom. Oh, in the RV. Yeah, don't sit on the bathroom. I thought you were giving sit, like an RV show tip. Sit in the bathroom. In your RV. In the, in RV. the RV. Not in like the giant center at Hershey. <laughs> No, no, you might need a break and you might need to cool (laughs) off in the bathroom. No, sit on the toilet in the bathroom and see if you're comfortable in there. I would lie down on the bed. And if it's not that comfortable and you don't like the mattress, don't worry about it. You can buy a new mattress. 
And if you do get serious about buying a rig, this might feel awkward, but ask them to bring the slides in so you can make sure that you can have access to the bathroom, to the rear bedroom, when you might be pulling over on the side of the road and just want to use the bathroom really quickly, right? So just because you're at an RV show doesn't mean that you aren't going to ask for those things from the salesperson. So you get a full feeling of what this rig is going to be like when you own it. That's true. You don't want to be sort of um, embarrassed to do the same sort of shopping that you would do on a dealer lot, right? Without all those people around. It's okay. Even though there's people around, you can lie on the bed unless it's an Airstream and they say don't lie on the bed. <laughs> the Airstreams. <laughs> There's often a sign. It's like, don't lie on the bed. (laughs) Do not get on the bed. But we highly recommend lying on the bed. Make sure your feet don't come off the other end. All right. Now, we are going to be back in a second for our second segment where we talk about where you might be on your shopping journey and sort of the different strategies we recommend uh, no matter where you are. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's time for segment two, and we're going to give you some strategies for different types of shoppers, whether you're a dreamer, a complete newbie, whether you're upgrading or you're ready to buy and move in for the kill. We've got some tips for you. But first, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Thetford. Thetford is the industry expert and innovation leader, and they have been making RV travel a more pleasant experience for over 50 years years. If you are a fan of camping in state or national parks that may not have sewer hookups, we highly recommend picking up a Smart Tote 2 for emptying those tanks during your stay. With 12-gallon, 18-gallon, 27, and 35-gallon options, there is a size that will suit your family no matter how many showers you take or how many dishes you accumulate. And the 27-gallon uh, perfectly suits our family. It I, is. I really, it's, a... it's one of my favorite products that we have. That's where we fall right there, that 27-gallon mark. To see a complete lineup of products, visit thetford.com. Let's talk about dreamers. Yeah. Let's talk about newbies. Let's help them get settled and calm and ready to conquer the RV show. So what do the dreamers and newbies need to know? Well, first of all, you need to know that you really should get yourself to a large RV show. That's number one. I really wish we had done more RV show shopping before we bought our first pop-up camper. We really didn't have an idea for the options that were out there. So let me delineate between two types of RV shows. There are local dealer shows that are really just like practically like a dealer bringing a bunch of their RVs to a big parking lot and calling it an RV show. They happen all over the country because dealers just are trying to move inventory during slow seasons, you know, sometimes in the fall or in in the winter. But then there's these really large shows that are multi-dealer. There's vendors there. GS Media and Events has some a uh, list of their shows online. Go RVing has resources for these shows all around the country. I highly recommend you really look and see, even if there's not one right around the corner from you, if there's a large one within an hour, an hour and a half, it's and you're really seriously thinking about owning your first RV, I would get thee to a large RV show. I would stretch it. You know, if you're really thinking about making that first RV purchase, I might be willing to drive three or four hours to go to a show because you really need to see a wide variety of what's out there and you might not be able to see that at just one local dealer that's by you. Absolutely. So it's worth it. Don't think, you know, oh, I don't really, I'm not ready to buy, so I don't think we should go to an RV show. If you think you are ready 
to become an RV owner sometime over the course of the next year or so, go to a big RV show like Hershey, Tampa, Pomona, um, or any of the JS Media shows that we've been at, even in Colorado, in Atlantic City, Philadelphia. You know, these are good sized shows with a lot of units on it. Absolutely. Now, you want to compile some goals in advance and list questions that you hope to have answered. And I would keep it somewhat simple, right? So for instance, if you're not sure if you want a towable RV or a motorized RV, your whole goal for going to the RV show should be to answer that question. Right. Go in a bunch of towables, go in a bunch of motorized, look at the pricing, and then make a decision that day. Don't buy that day, mm-hmm. but just make a decision that day like, okay, I'm going to go towable or, okay, I really think I want to go motorized. That's a day well spent if you can walk away having that type of question answered. Right. Like you agree with your shopping partner or just solo if you're going by yourself to say, hey, I'm going to look at the different types of floor plans. I'm going to look at the different kinds of pricing. I'm going to look at all these different things between towable and motorized and hopefully come to a conclusion about what's best for me at the end. Or maybe you're not sure. Maybe you know you want to towable. Maybe, you know, I want a travel trailer. You might not be sure of what size is going to be the best for your family. You might be seeing all these lengths online, like 17 foot, 20 foot, 30 foot. And you're like, well, I don't know what we'll be comfortable in. Well, maybe your whole family needs to be in different sized RVs. So you go to the RV show, you all go in the 20 foot RV, all four of you, all five of you, and you sit there. <laughs> and it can be a pain in the neck to bring your kids to an RV show. I got to be honest with you yeah. because they can get bored. It's not really their type of thing, but Stephanie makes a great point. I mean, if you want to see if your family of five is comfortable in a 28-foot trailer, you need to bring your family of five and have them walk around and sit around and lie down in a 28-foot trailer for sure. Yeah, and and in that case, you're really looking at size, right? If that's your sort of big overarching question for your trip. Or another overarching question might be about tow capacity, right? You might have a family SUV that tows 5,000 pounds. So you might be going to the RV show to say, hey, what are all of the different options within that 5,000 pound range? And it, it's and very And by that hard. we mean like something that weighs like 4,000 pounds at the very, 35, very most. Right. You know, yeah, 3,500 exactly. pounds. 35, what 38. can I tow with my Nissan Pathfinder mm-hmm. or whatever it is? And don't get all caught up in looking at expensive class A motorhomes when you need to be hyper-focused on looking at things that you can actually tow. And your goal might be to walk away with five different RVs that really like, you know, struck your fancy in your towable range. Okay. So, and then, or it might be budget centered, right? Your budget may be $30,000 and you really feel you need to get an idea for what you can afford for that. I know when we were shopping last year at Hershey with some friends who are RV newbies, they were really surprised at what their budget would buy them. Like, you know, going to the show and looking at rigs that they were looking more in like the 20, 25,000 price range, they walked away from like, These are really nice. Wow, yeah. this is even nicer than I thought I, I was going to be able to get. So, you know, that might be your focus is what can we afford and will it suit our needs? So those are the kinds of overarching questions that can help you communicate about what you're actually there for. I, I know that this sounds a little like cerebral, right? Like, oh my gosh, they're acting like it's school. But I guarantee you if you're just like, hey, let's go to the RV show and you wander aimlessly into every rig there, at the end, you're going to feel like an RV zombie. You're going to probably go buy a boat. Yeah. And you'll just be like, okay, yeah, I'm not sure about this piece out. Like really people get like that. We have friends that have been stunned by RV shows, like stunned into absolute like static inactivity. (laughs) RV perilous. (laughs) Now listen, 
don't be a statistic, all right? The reason it's so important to make the right choice, and let me break this down for you people, is if you buy an RV that you end up wanting to trade in because it's either too big, too small, too expensive, you're going to take a hit. You're going to take a hit on depreciation, and you're going to be underwater if you took out a big loan, even if you took a small loan. So it's really important to make the purchase and get the purchase right and not be in a position where nine months later you want something new. And look, it's happened to most of us. Yeah, right? it's, you know, It has happened to most of us, but some of us are smart enough to avoid it. I would also say not just don't be a statistic, don't be a know-it-all. I can't, I, we were, I remember, remember that night we were out bowling with um, our friends, Maura and Dave, who had been RVing for years. And we were thinking about buying our first pop-up and we sat there and we're like, oh, we're getting a pop-up. And Dave looked at us and he said, you know, you might want to look at these hybrids. And we were like, and we, I didn't even know what we didn't know what was. he was talking about. That was like nine years ago. And we we're like, yeah, no, we're, we want a, a pop-up. And I think back to that moment all the time, because I think so many RV shoppers are there. You're a know-it-all. Like, or we were just stuck on one idea. That's being like to me. That's, that's, a, that's a know-it-all. It was more like, like we had this predetermined no, idea. Good. So I really think that the people that are happiest with their purchase in the long run are people that really open their ears to other RVers' experiences and, and and take that in and think, well, might that happen to us? We really think we want this rig, but. Is it true that that won't be right? A great idea might to be go on go on to a friendly Facebook group like ours, RVFTA the group. Describe your family, describe your budget, and ask two thousand to three thousand veteran RVers what kind of RV do you think Mm -hmm. I would like? What specific brands might be good for me? Let the experts, let people that have been there, guide you a little bit. If you have a friend that's been RVing for a while, say what should I buy? If you were me with my budget, what would you buy? Like, let yourself be the novice. It's okay. And our pros and cons episodes really are um, crowdsourced in a way from our experience talking to our viewers, right? So our pros and cons of a travel trailer, pros and cons of a hybrid, of a class B, those were all produced basically by us listening over the years to people with these rigs who say, you know, this is what I love about it and this is why it's not so good for everybody. And if you ask a veteran RVer, hey, what should I buy? They're going to love to have that conversation with you, right? Because RV owners love to talk RVs and a lot of them have pretty good wisdom and pretty good experience and they're going to be able to guide you and help you a lot. Maybe even go up to that manufacturer's rep, not the salesperson. Go to that manufacturer's rep and say, what do you think I should buy? What do you think would be good for me? Yeah, here's our family. Here's what we're thinking. Here's how often we think we'll use it. Here's our budget. Do you have anything that you think would suit us very well? Let them show you. I love doing that. That manufacturer's rep is going to know what his best-selling or her mm-hmm. best-selling floor plans are. He's going to know what people respond well to. Yep. And he's going to walk you over to it or she's going to walk you over to it. Now, I want to say one last thing. We already referenced this, but we're going to reference it again. As newbies or first-time buyers, most likely you will not go to an RV show thinking that you are going to buy an RV. So please think long and hard about signing that check and making a deposit and purchasing an RV. You can be overwhelmed at an RV show. Maybe you didn't think straight about the, you know, the the pricing, the budget, what you were, what will suit your family, your tow vehicle. The chili dog upset your stomach that you had for lunch. Just go home, crunch the numbers, you know, unless you just are like, this is my dream. And I mean, don't let me talk you out of your dream. Breathe. <laughs> you be <No>, you. <laughs> we want you. We really do. We want yeah. you to buy the RV. We think you should buy the RV. You know that Tra- by now. Transformed yeah. our lives as a family. 
You don't have to buy it at the show, though. Right. Okay? You could. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with buying it at the show, but you don't have to. You can buy it later if you right. want to. Yeah. We just want you to feel empowered to say, this is not a make or break moment. My whole RV you know, career is over if I don't buy this RV They're right going to keep making them. <laughs> They're going to. And <laughs> they want is, you to buy them. <laughs> somebody at her, she's like, this is all they got. Yeah. <laughs> this, is the, this is what they got for the year. Yeah. Not true. Right. They're going to keep making them. All right. So those, those are our tips, sort of our talking to our newbie, um, you know, dreamer shoppers. Now let's move on to the RV owner who is thinking about upgrading, right? You already have an RV. This could be your second RV, your third RV, your fourth RV. You're ready for your next rig as we were last year. And you are very specifically looking for the rig that's going to make all the problems that you have with your current rig disappear. All right. So what are we recommending to those folks, Jeremy? I think we would both recommend that you stay grounded. Don't get obsessed with new technology and new features, what Stephanie has always called shiny new object syndrome. Because while those five flat screen TVs might get you excited, it doesn't mean that's the RV for you, Mm -hmm. right? Think about the fundamentals, the things that are going to make your family happy. For our family, we want each child to have a bed. I don't care what other technology is on the rig. We want each child to have a bed. You might not care. I. The other fundamentals might be about the size. I mean, if you are a state park camper, you need to keep that rig probably under 30 feet. Right. Right. And don't like, oh, my God, that's an amazing 38-foot fifth wheel. But in the back of your head, you're like, but that's not my style. And then you're like, no, that's, that's okay. This is so great. We'll love it. But then you're disappointed that you can't go back to your old favorite campground. So don't do that. So I highly recommend making an actual list of the pros and the cons of your old camper if you or the your current camper if you listen to our shows last year saying goodbye to our white hawk and saying hello to our toy hauler you heard basically us uh, share our process with you of doing that and i think it really helped so for us w- w- that we were so clear on what we loved about our white hawk so we knew exactly the things that worked for our family and that we wanted to replicate in another model. We also knew the things that we hated that really bothered us on a day-to-day basis in the RV. And we knew that we couldn't get a new RV that had those same issues. So we had it nailed down. I would say we had a huge, like a list of probably five or six non-negotiables. Bigger bedroom, yeah. private sliding mm-hmm. door, bed for each child, more, f- more open floor space for the whole family, not too gigantic. Right. And then there was the, and then there were the negotiables. So for instance, we enjoyed our outdoor kitchen with our White Hawk, but we didn't enjoy it enough that we felt like we couldn't live without one. So it was okay. It was a tough one to give up, but we were willing to give it up. Yeah, but don't get like obsessed with the outdoor kitchen on a new trailer if you've never used the one on your old one, you know, (laughs) like really think clearly. Now also let's think about size a little bit. If you have a 28-foot travel trailer and you're not totally comfortable driving it or you feel like it's hard to back back it up, don't go buying a 44-foot fifth wheel. Okay, don't jump up too much. Here's what happens. When you go to an RV show, you experience being inside the RV. You experience the living space. You experience walking around like, oh, my God, this is amazing in here. But what you don't experience is towing the thing. So know what your limits are. 
I mean, I believe all of you can get used to towing larger rigs. Uh, and if you're confident at 28 feet, you'll be confident at 34 feet. But just know yourself. Don't buy something so big that you're going to end up not wanting to tow it. That would be a bad situation to be in. Right. Think about how you actually use your current camper. I think Andy Fagan, who we did a, a Facebook Live over on her in her new Eagle um, mid-bunkhouse model, I think that she was a really good example of this. They had their first bunkhouse travel trailer. They camped for a few years using that. They basically saw their pattern of what they enjoyed. They enjoyed destination camping, going to a place for, I would say, between five days and seven days, you know, staying in one spot, enjoying the local area. They like their full hookups. They like their comfortable amenities at a campground. So for them, a fifth wheel, a larger fifth wheel was perfect. And it wouldn't hinder them from any kind of camping that they wanted to do. So they really took into account the types of experiences they enjoyed. Now, and for the person who's never bought an RV before, you need to think about that. Do you think you want to end up at state parks? Do you want to end up at private campgrounds? Don't buy a 40-foot fifth wheel if you want to end up getting elite beautiful state park sites on rivers because the 40 foot fifth wheel is not going to fit. Okay. There won't be a site for you. All right. Now my last suggestion for people that are upgrading is I really want you to know your numbers before you go to the show. What kind of numbers? You need to know your budget. You need to know your tow ratings and you need to know any of your weight goals, like your GVWR goals and everything. You know, have those numbers ahead of time because what happens is somebody's like, oh, I could probably tow this with my truck. And then I think it'll work. (laughs) I call that magical thinking. (laughs) Go to Walter Cannon at RVSafety.org. Check out Mark Polk at RV Education 101. Those guys are going to the give you some... The towing guides. Um, the towing guides from for Trailer, Life. Trailer Life are great. Those yeah. are going to give you solid conservative estimates for what is going to work and what is not going to work. They're going to play it safe and they're going to give you some real serious wisdom on what you should be towing, what you shouldn't be towing. On the flip side, make sure if you're looking at a motorhome, do not just assume that your small car at home is able to be, you know, towed behind that motorhome. So we, you know, we learned so much from talking to other people and we were just camping with some friends recently and they were like, oh, for a Subaru, you need a manual shift. To, to be able to tow behind yeah, I would the think to buy home. a Class A and think you're going to tow your Subaru Forester with it and get home and realize that's not possible. That's not possible. And that's just an easy mistake to make because a lot of people might think, oh, I'll do the research on the towed after, right? Like I'll get to that when I get to that. Right now I'm just buying a motorhome. But do not assume that that is the case, all right? Now, let's talk about people who are ready to buy. You're going to the you show. Checkbook in your you're, the checkbook is there. There's <laughs> cash coming out of your pockets. You're determined. Okay, you're going to Hershey. You're going to the Florida RV Super Show. You've Maybe you've done this before. You want the RV. You want to start going camping like that weekend, okay? Here are a few tips. Research the dealers at the show. Not all dealers are created equal. So there might be a dealer at the show that has the rig you want, but doesn't have a great reputation. So you want to look online and read reviews of dealerships. Such things do exist, right? So make sure you have some information that you're confident about the dealer that you will be buying from. 
also look at their inventory online and get an idea for the price points that they're offering in advance of the show. You know, be a smart shopper. Like don't get Costco syndrome where you assume that everything just because it's a big, like it's Costco, everything's cheaper in bulk. Actually, it's not. There's a lot of things at Costco that are cheaper if you buy them in the supermarket on sale. So just have a good idea ahead of time of what this dealer has on their lot and what they're offering it for before you try to negotiate with them at the show. Now, this is incredibly important. Please, please take note. You need to understand the realities of service and warranty work um, when you're going to buy from a dealer that's perhaps far away from you. So if you're driving five hours to the Hershey RV show and you're buying from a dealer there, you've got to think about how it's going to get serviced later. Are you going to be willing to drive it all the way back to the dealer? You might not want to. Is there a local dealer who will service a rig that you did not buy from them? This is a flashpoint in the RV community. A lot of people say that if you did not buy an RV from a dealer, they will not service you. That can be true. That might not be true. But if you're going to buy from a dealer far away, you need to make sure that you have a somewhat local dealer who will service you and you need to actually call and ask them in advance if they will. And this can be one of the benefits of buying from one of the chains of dealers. There are quite a few of them out there. And really, whether you like it or not, we're not going to go into a debate about this current condition in the the dealership world. And when Stephanie says chains, there's a bunch of them. So all of your minds went to one of them. But there are actually Actually, a bunch of them that have multiple locations. So they Mm -hmm. might have, it's a great point. They might have a location that's close to you, even though you're not buying from that location. And even the Route 66 um, g- group of dealers, that's a network. That's not even a chain of dealers, but what they do are they're all involved in this network, this Route 66, and they agree to service people that buy from other dealers within their network. So this this is something that you just need to be aware of, and you need to not put your head in the sand and say, I'll deal with it later. We know people that have dealt very successfully with this issue. And we know people that have had serious problems. And an additional point here. Let me give you an RVFTA pro tip. If you call a local dealer and say, hey, I I might buy an RV uh, at Hershey from a dealer that's six hours away. Will you service my RV that I didn't buy from you? If they say no, please don't think that they're evil, awful, money-grubbing people. That is almost definitely not the case. A lot of RV dealers do not have enough service tax. They cannot keep up with warranty work. They, they, they break even on warranty work. Okay, a lot of you don't know that. They break even or maybe make a little bit of money on warranty work because there's preset prices that, that are set up with the dealers that they sell for. So a lot of times they just aren't going to be able to get to you and they can barely get to their own customer base. Well, they think uh, the person that bought here from me has a three-month wait to get into my you know, service bed. So why should I put you in front of them? That's not fair to them. And so there's, there's uh, perspectives on both sides. And I think both sides have really reasonable points. And hopefully the industry will work towards more creative solutions and they for are. this. Right? RVIA is working really hard to get more techs out there to the dealer so that there's a service issue in the industry Mm -hmm. and the issue is not the quality of the people that are out there it's the number there's just not enough rv techs out there so they're working hard to get more of them and now to go a little further down this road because hey we're talking about it you know another reaction to this might be well what are you saying i'm gonna have a million service issues with a brand new rv well 
you probably will have to get warranty work done. When you buy a house, you don't think that you bought a lemon just because when you move in, you have to call the plumber for like a new pipe behind the dishwasher, or you realize that that little switch doesn't work like it's supposed to. Like I'm honestly, getting to the point where I think it's unreasonable to think that you won't have warranty work. Right. And you should, because what you should do is use the living daylights out of that thing for the first season. So you work all the and, and, out. <laughs> bat, and batch stuff, okay? The, when the, some little tiny thing goes wrong, don't bring it back to the dealer and yeah. waste the whole day doing it. Wait till there's three or four small things wrong. Exactly. If you can fix something yourself, fix it yourself. If you have a f- handy friend, get that handy friend to come over. Possibly the dealer might pay for a mobile tech to come to your RV as well. That's true. So you can work all that out. You have to go with, I think, just the, you just really need to embrace the, the mentality that a warranty is there to be used. And if you put yourself in a position of not having a dealer that's going to, you know, be able to conveniently service your warranty, it's going to be a stress point for you probably in the future. So don't, like I said, don't bury your head in the sand about that. Now, my last bit of advice. I think this is a great one. Do you, you agree with me on this? You put this into the notes Mm -hmm. and I I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think there's a lot of false wisdom out there about this issue. I do. So let's set everybody straight. All right. So I really believe firmly that you should not be obsessed with getting a certain percentage of money off the MSRP. You hear on forums all the time on Facebook, if you're not getting 30% off the MSRP, you're getting shafted. That's not always true. I, I mean, don't think if it's you're true. buying a hot new model that they can't build enough of, you're probably not going to get 30% Why off MSRP. Why would they give they it give to you? They give you 30% off. On the other hand, if you're buying a 2017 and all the 2018s are starting to show up, you should get 30%, you know, you should get something like 30% off. But the point is that every situation is somewhat different and there really truly is not this universal 30% off you should get. I mean, walk into an Airstream display and demand 30% percent off MSRP and see what happens. Okay? And the motorized, you know, people that buy a motorized, they get more of a percent off usually than people that buy in towables a lot of the time. And it matters to where you are. I always see these people saying these things on Facebook. And I think, you know, people are spread out across the country in Canada and you're not going to get as low of a price. I always remember back to when you were looking online and seeing a price for our Whitehawk, like in I Indiana. I seeing prices. And look, if it's in Indiana, it didn't have to be shipped across. They didn't have to pay a driver to drive it to New Jersey. So of course it's a thousand dollars less. But I said to our sales guy, I was like, well, it's a thousand dollars less out in Indiana. And at a certain point he's like, well, then you should probably drive out to Indiana and get it. Right. So, I mean, it does matter geographically where you are. Indiana is not paying the same amount of rent for his lot as the people that are Dear around God Philadelphia. No. Our poor dealer in New Jersey, the yeah. amount of for their lot. It's so, so, so true. Yeah. I mean, people need to not feel like they are personally affronted by not achieving some percentage off. And I want you to think about the value to you because a lot of people say, hey, you're going for this in the fall. Well, you're not even going to use that RV. Why don't you just wait, pay a little more in the spring and have it there to use at that point? Like, you need to think about what works for you, now, not what other people say works for you. Some of you are, are maybe frustrated with us right now and saying, well, well, then how do I get the best price if there's not some rule about how much off MSRP I should get? What you should do is compare prices from multiple places. Even if you're going to the Hershey RV show, 
call another dealer mm-hmm. in the region and get a quote from them as well. By getting multiple quotes, you then will probably get a feeling for what the lowest possible price is. And by the way, and then try to go lower. That's okay. Well, and by the way, <laughs> I, frankly, as I get older and, and hopefully wiser, I would be willing to pay more at dealer A than at dealer B if I know I'm going to get better service after the fact and they are a more reputable dealer that has a fully staffed service center. I will pay you more for my RV than for the place across the street that doesn't have a service center. Yeah, Some or of these pop-up the place shops. a couple hours away that doesn't do a PDI and a complete walkthrough when you go to buy. Because what's the value of that, right? And a lot of people really go for these rock-bottom clearance-priced outlets to buy their RVs. And then they're surprised that they don't know how to operate their house on wheels. <laughs> nobody taught them how to do that or nobody did the PDI, you know, and really cleaned things up before they were sold the RV. So we actually do think that there's a value. Having worked for years um, and having bought two RVs from a dealership that we think is doing it right, we we do think we have that perspective where we value the role of a good dealer. I mean, I know there's other places I could get it for a bit less or I could drive further and get it for less, but sometimes it's not about saving $800 or $1,000 or $2,000. Sometimes it's about getting the best dealer that's going to serve you the best over the long run. All right. So I think that that just about wraps up all of our sort of therapy, right? <laughs> For... It was therapeutic. <laughs> we talk about we've been to a lot of shows, and you know we've walked around with a lot of buyers. We've had friends that went to RV shows, and I think this just sort of compiled all of our takeaways from all of those hundreds of conversations that we've had over the years um, and just kind of watch that like vacant stare in people's faces or on the flip side, that excited glow in people's faces after they've purchased their RV. I remember when we did our Hershey show, you know, we had people on that show that bought an RV at the Hershey show and we're so elated. We really hope that if you are finding the RV that you want and you're finding a great price from it, that you find success at Hershey. Don't let it make you miserable. This is a joyful purchase. It's going to be transformative. It's going to lead you on so many great adventures. Don't make the shopping part make you miserable. Absolutely. All right. We are going to be back in a minute for the RVFTA news roundup, which includes a giveaway. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's time for the RVFTA News Roundup, which is sponsored by the fine folks at the Florida RV Trade Association and the Florida RV Super Show. All right. Since this is our RV show, Shopping 101, we thought it was the perfect time to start reminding you that you need to mark your calendars for the 33rd annual Florida RV Super Show, which is in Tampa, Sunny Tampa. Which is a really mighty nice place to be in January, by the way. My goodness. We have a lot of listeners that fly in and that drive from out of state just to take a vacation. It's a great place to it's, take it's a vacation. A, it's a great show to kind of base a whole vacation around. Yeah. So January 17th through the 21st, 2018, of course. And we're going to be there. And so will the largest selection of RVs in the country. Stephanie actually counted. Right. Well, actually, well, they have, okay, I'll say 1,550. Over 1,550 RVs. That's a stinking lot of RVs. (laughs) 26 acres, 
hundreds of vendors, daily seminars, and plus the really unique part of this show, you can camp on site. Now, registration for the Super Rally includes four nights of camping, 30-amp electric service, entrance to the show, live entertainment, and morning. Stop there. Okay. Live entertainment. Yes. No show beats the Florida RV Super Show for live entertainment. There are... Scottish pipe bands walking through the show. There are Teddy Roosevelt impersonators walking through the show. Magic Mike, Magic Mike will yeah. make your children as many balloon monkeys as they want. And then there's also morning coffee and donuts. Now, registration is not open yet. As of the airing of the show, it's opening soon. And we are here to tell you that we will definitely announce it when it opens. We'll share it over in our Facebook group also. So stay tuned for that. And for more info, you can visit FRVTA. Now, for our news roundup, in which we will talk about uh, us, let's give you our Hershey schedule. So we're going to be at Hershey for three days doing meet and greets at the Jayco display. We would love for you to stop by, hang out, meet other RVFTA podcast listeners. We will be there Thursday from 5 to 6 and Friday and Saturday from 2 to 3.30. And Stephanie, we will have swag and giveaways. What are we going to have? Well, I don't want to promise anything specific. The boxes haven't arrived yet. But We can promise RVFTA bumper magnets. Yes. Definitely from our end that, and we've also got a list of fun stuff that it sounds like is coming from the Jayco well, side of things. Jayco is going to send us some swag. They're yeah. going to. We heard rumors and of fidget spinners. I can't believe you just said it. So <laughs> swag for the adults, swag for the kids. If we do get the Jayco fidget spinners, we will hide them in case you are in any way opposed to them. And you yeah. can give me the secret nudge and say, hey, can hey, I have a fidget spinner? Can we get spinner? a fidget spinner? I, I got two kids. I'm dragging around the Hershey show. All this stuff is just free stuff that we'll give away <laughs> until we run out. Yeah. One item per person, I think we should probably say. Um, so come by and say hello. A lot of people on our RVFJ, the group, are saying they're going to be at Hershey. We really love meeting our podcast listeners. Now, we also want to say... If you cannot be in Hershey, because we know there are many people who are not going to fly across the country to visit Hershey, we are going to be hosting a Facebook Live on our own Facebook page, and we're going to be doing a Facebook Live for Go RVing while we're there. So stay tuned for details and announcements about the timing of that. But if you want to tune in and kind of you know look at what we're looking at and see the whole show there, we're going to do that for you. And we're, we're going to be looking around, and we're going to be putting together several different podcasts about some of our favorite picks at different price points and different genres. So we'll produce a lot of content based off of the Hershey show. Now let's end the show with a big giveaway. So our fun, kind, nice friends at KOA just wanted to celebrate fall camping with us. I mean, they love fall camping just as much as we do. So they want to give away a $100 gift certificate for KOA camping, and we're going to give it away over on our Instagram channel. So at some point in the week ahead, I will put up a picture or Stephanie will put up a picture of us at a KOA and we will ask you what your favorite KOA is and ask you to tag a friend that you would love to go camping with. And that will enter you into the contest to win a $100 gift certificate. And then we will randomly pick somebody that responds and that tags another RV fool. Can I say that can either be a weekend of camping, right? At many KOAs around the country, you could get like a weekend of camping out of that $100. But can I also suggest that you could also put that away for like maybe a cooler time and stay at a cabin for one night to get away That's for the weekend. Idea. So there's some different ways you could use that $100, like maybe outside of the box a little bit. Or you could just buy a bunch of camp store ice cream the next time you camp at KOA. True. I well, think you can use them in the camp store. That could be your year's budget, maybe, of camp store right, ice cream So since we're going to ask our listeners <laughs> what their favorite KOA is for a chance to win, I'm going to put you on the spot. And you hate when I do this. What's your favorite KOA? 
I, I almost hate to answer this question because my answer is complicated. Do you know what it is? No, I really don't. The Bar Harbor KOA. Yeah. But the reason why my answer is complicated is because there are other KOAs that I like the whole campground better. Like the entire thing from Bar Harbor to KOA. Night. It's like got to be on the water. Bar Harbor KOA. It's got to be an ocean front site or bust. Nothing else for me. Do you know what my favorite <laughs> KOA is? No. You oh, the guess. Cape Hatteras KOA. I don't. I don't know. If that one's way up there. I oh, was... oh, oh, oh. Um, the uh, Gorge, the Queechy. Queechy. That Queechy. one's really nice, too, in Vermont. No? no. I think I'd go with the Myrtle Beach KOA. And, I, you know, I don't know why I would pick that. I th- I think You're sentimental. That's it's why. sentimental. We've just had so many fun family vacations mm-hmm. there. I mean, there might be other ones that might be in some way more beautiful or whatever, but I, I just, we have terrific That memories. was our very first get out of Dodge in early spring That's why. and have a warm vacation as a family. Driving from like snow in New that. Jersey to swimmable weather. The first time we pulled into the Myrtle Beach KOI, we had brutally cold winter here in New Jersey. We pulled in and we saw kids swimming in the pool on like April 2nd. It was warm out and either Max or Theo said, Max. Max said, dad, can we stay can here we forever? Stay here forever? <laughs> it was like therapy. And we I said, like, unfortunately, oh. no, but I think we've been there four or five times yeah. now. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's a, it's a uh, home away from I'll, home. I'm going to stick with it. The Myrtle Beach right. So check out our Instagram uh, gallery, follow it if you're not following it. And at some point in the week ahead, we'll put up that KOA post and ask you to tell us what your favorite KOA campground is. And All right. Tag another RV fool. A big thanks to our sponsors, Jayco, to check out the 2018s that are online now. Go to jayco.com. Also, head over to thetford.com because you clearly need a portable waste evacuation system in your RV you, or you just might need some. There was a great thread <laughs> on RVFT, the group, this week about toilet paper. I know. And everybody says, oh, it's no big deal. But I'm telling you, we've always used that toilet paper and we don't have problems. I thanked the guy for putting up such a crappy post. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. And also a big thank you to the Florida RV Super Show. We can't wait to get back down there to Tampa. Go to frvta.org to find out all the details. We will see you at the RV Show. See you at the RV Show.